Amen. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 What shall we say? Yes. Yes. I was just about to say, what shall we say to our dear sister Obi? Wonderful. God bless you. Love you. Thank you. God increase you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord God for tonight. Oh, yes. Wonderful, wonderful voice. And wonderful words, actually, that have been sung to us. You know, uh, words of the song said, He does mighty things, He does glorious things. He's a faithful God, and awesome is His name. And it's interesting how that really ties into the message for today. Because you see, the mighty thing God does in this world is the transformation of a human life into Christ likeness. Hallelujah. The evidence of the greatest manifestation of God's power is not in your healing. It's not in you getting a job. It's not in any other thing or even you calling down fire from above. It is in the change of the heart unto newness of life. That is the evidence of the eternal power of God at work in a man's life. Amen and amen. It's not in you stretching your hand and people falling under the anointing. A lot of people fall down and they rise up again with many of their problems in their life. They rise up with unrepentant hearts and they are still the same. But truly, the transformation of a life, beginning from the heart, that shows or bears fruit on the outside as evidence of that inner transformation, is the greatest proof of God's power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And trust me, God is faithful to work this power in our lives so that we can bear fruit on the outside as evidence of it. The Bible says that faithful is he who has called you, and he will do it. He will do it. Hallelujah. Faithful is he who has begun the good work in you and you accomplish it. What is that good work? Your transformation to Christ-likeness. Amen and amen. That is at the forefront of the work of God in your life. Last week, we talked about how that we have to, you know, with all due diligence, make every effort to present ourselves or to prepare ourselves as approved workmen who are not ashamed before God and will rightly divide the word of truth. And today we're going to continue in that same train of thought. Hallelujah. We're going to continue in that same train of thought. And we had said that last week that, you see, uh, there, there are things that will not make us approved before God. And there are things that will make us approved before God. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit bearing witness with our works. We said last week that we are workers in the vineyard of God. But today I want to take us a step further into another scripture. If you do have your Bibles, turn with me in the book of First Corinthians chapter number 9, verse 26. Corinthians chapter number 9, verse 26. And let's look at the scripture there. Our walk of faith is a determination. Hallelujah. It takes determination to attain to whatever 
the Lord has said before us. Let's look at First Corinthians chapter number 9. And I'm going to be reading from verse 24 to 26. Amen. All right, actually, let me read to 27 so that I finish the, the entire, you know, chapter. First Corinthians chapter number 9, verse 24 to 27. The Bible says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. In other versions, he says, Run in such a way to obtain the prize. Hallelujah. He says, Everyone who competes in games goes into strict training. Take note of that word. Everyone who competes in games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Hallelujah. Therefore, I do not feel like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Hallelujah. But again, there is a prize. And there's a scripture we'll go to that, Philippians chapter number 3, verse 11 to 13. It says that the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus, there is a prize to obtain, there is a prize to attain to. Hallelujah. And here Paul is telling us, or by the Spirit of God, Paul is showing us that, you know, our walk of faith can be likened to a race. Amen. A race not as we are competing with one another, but a race as in it is a work that must be carried out purposefully. Hallelujah. So he says, do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one obtains the prize? Now when you read us that part of the scripture, you might think Paul is talking about competition. And sad to say, the spirit of competition has entered into the church now, mainstream Christianity. So everybody is competing with one another. You understand? Churches are competing with one another. Christians are competing with one another. Singers in the church are competing with one another. Prayer warriors in the church are competing with one another to, to see who is more spiritual, who can do it better and all that. But the kingdom of God is not about competition. It is about completion. And to complete anything, you must first have purpose. Hallelujah. There ought to be definite purpose for your work of faith. Amen and amen. And I'm sorry to disappoint you here. That definite purpose is not something you come up with for your own work of faith. No, God has already determined the definite purpose of our faith. You must know it from the word of God and make sure that you are running with that purpose of your faith. Amen and amen. So Paul says that, do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? So he says, run in such a way to get the prize. Run in such a way to obtain the prize. The question that we ask ourselves is, how are we running the race of our faith? Simply put, how are we living our faith? Are we living purposefully to obtain that prize, or we are living anyhow? There are a lot of people engaged in a race. Some join the race, and they don't even know there's a prize at the end of the race. So they run anyhow. 
But Paul is saying, run to obtain. Hallelujah. Run to obtain. Run to obtain. Every day when you wake up in the morning, you should say to yourself, I'm running this race to obtain a prize. The moment you say that to yourself, your mind is brought to the purpose of which you have faith in Christ Jesus. And we are going to see it today. So Paul goes on in his discourse and he says something. He says, everyone who competes in games. You see, Paul is trying to use something that was happening during in Corinth to show them, you know, to teach them something about the faith. And you know that Corinth was in, uh, is, in, is in Greece. And in Greece there were games, you know. Um, that is where we have the Olympic Games, you know, come from. In Greece there were games, and people would engage in those games, you know. And even now in the Olympics and in other games people engage in, they enter into strict discipline. Athletes do not eat any kind of thing. They discipline themselves so that they can be in shape, in perfect shape for whatever, you know, category of sport they are partaking in. So it says everyone who competes in games goes into strict training. Hallelujah. Somebody says strict training. Strict training. Strict training. You understand? And Paul says they do it to get a crown that will not last, a crown that fades. When Usain Bolt is preparing for the Olympics, the Olympics is always every four years. Right now he's preparing for the next Olympics. He's denying himself certain food. He's denying himself sleep. He wake up at dawn and go and exercise. He's in the gym, always working out. He's practicing and doing all these things, denying himself so many things. When some of his colleagues are enjoying themselves and drinking alcohol and doing all, he can't do all those things because it would impair his fitness to run the race when the time comes to obtain the prize. Why? Because not only does he want to obtain the prize, he wants to even break a record. Hallelujah. So he goes into strict discipline. Strict discipline. There's a certain amount of sugar he needs to take. He can't take more than that. There's a certain amount of water he has to drink. Whether he likes it or not, he has to. There are certain medicine he has to take. Whether it tastes well or not, he has to take it. It is a strict discipline. He has to be awake at 4.30 in the morning, run for two hours, go to the gym, do this for three hours, come back, sleep. Even when he's not feeling sleepy, he must sleep. Why? Because he's under strict training. His eyes is on the prize. So even though he's going through that strict Training which may not be pleasant at the moment, because of the joy of obtaining the prize, he endures that strict training. And the Bible says that they do this, they go into such strict training to obtain a crown that does not last. What are they going to give them? A cash prize. Cash prize, you spend it and within whatever years it's gone. It will not last. These are perishable things. But look at how men put themselves under strict training just to win and obtain perishable prizes. In the same way, Paul is saying that we also put ourselves in strict training. And I love the way Paul transitions the thought here. He says, they do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last. So Paul, in 
Paul did not say, Paul is not even trying to tell them, the Corinthian church, that put yourself under strict training. He's saying, we do it to get a crown that lasts forever. Meaning that Paul is implying that you should be doing strict training. Hallelujah. So he's saying it in a way that, listen, we do it. So if you are there, if you are, if you are there and you are not doing spiritual strict training, then you know there's something wrong. We do it to obtain a prize that lasts forever. There is an eternal prize, brethren, that is awaiting us in glory. When Jesus shall appear, there is a prize to obtain. You can only obtain this prize if you have gone into strict training and prepared yourself to run this race to obtain. Hallelujah. For you to run this race well, you need to go into strict training. Strict training. In our day, a lot of believers don't like strict training. So because of that, they will not come to church. When they go to a church that subjects them to strict training, they don't like it. Hallelujah. What is strict training? Disciplining yourself spiritually so that you can run the race well. The Bible says that wherefore laying aside all filthiness and superfluity of nothingness, receive the engrafted word of God that is able to save your soul. You understand? Lay aside all filthiness and the superfluity, the abundance of nothingness that comes from the world. Lay all those things aside. In, other, in, 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 in another part, he talks about how we have to lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us. Hallelujah. There are certain things that are not allowing you to run the race well. Cast them aside and begin to discipline yourself in prayer. Begin to discipline yourself in fasting. Begin to discipline yourself to stay in the word, abide in the word. These things would strengthen you and make you spiritually fit to run the race. To run the race. 365 days in a year, you eat and eat and eat and eat. No fasting as a Christian. How can you run the race? (laughs) This body is the house. You understand me? You are always feeding the house. Feeding the house, feeding the house. You're not even feeding your spirit, man. So your house is stronger than your spirit, which you are. Mm-hmm. 360 days in a year, not even, how many hours do you fast in that year? Mm-hmm. You must lay this body down by fasting. By fasting. Let me tell you something. Jesus did not just fast 40 days and 40 nights. He fasted regularly. That is why he said, this kind does not go out by fasting and prayer. He was not referring to his 40-day fast. It was a regular practice in his life. It was a discipline. And when you fast, you'll be hungry. But you tell your body, body, I'm fasting. You are not receiving food today. Today, I'm feeding my spirit. You are causing your spirit to be spiritually strong. Because if you allow this body, it will control your, your soul. But you must be a spirit man to control your soul. Hallelujah. With the disciplines of prayer, with the disciplines of staying in the word of God, abiding in the word of God, studying God's word, you must be disciplined to do that. Sometimes, you know, you are studying the word of God and you are on your phone. You hear a little, you, 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 you are, st- <laughs> even in church sometimes, the preaching is coming and you are on your phone. You are answering the text, you're not disciplined. You're not disciplined. 
You are not seriously disciplined. You are not. If you are going to write an exam and you read small or you chat small, how, how are you disciplined to study? You cannot study. If you really want to study, you, you put all those things aside and focus your mind in the word of God and allow God to pour revelation out to your spirit now. You go into prayer, you lock yourself up. You know, you're not praying and then every two minutes you take and you call somebody and you talk to the person and you come back and pray. What is that? That is not discipline. That is not discipline. You discipline yourself. I'm telling you, recently I heard LeBron James, you know, the, the, the NBA, they're in the postseason right now and they are playing the, they are in the playoffs. LeBron James put, him, put on his, he put on himself a hiatus from social media so that he can focus on the games. That is discipline. But they are doing it for a crown that does not last. But we do it for a crown that lasts. Sometimes you should cut off certain things from yourself so that you can focus in prayer. You can focus in the word of God. You can focus in fasting. You can build your spirit man. Hallelujah. This way you are preparing yourself to be fit for the race. A lot of believers are not fit. So they are running sloppily. They are running aimlessly. They are not running to obtain anything. There is no purpose in their eyes. They wake up and it's just another day and they just go by. You know, in Ghana there's a song in, in the Chi where it translates to the English. It means, I'm just walking through, I'm just walking through. Life has taken me far. You know, many nemo, many nemo, or God made which. You are just walking through life and life is just taking you. No, no, no. That's not the life God wants for you as a believer. You understand what I'm talking about? You ought to discipline yourself to run to obtain the prize. Maybe there's a prize awaiting us. Hallelujah. Yeah, let's look at it. Look at it. So it says, Therefore, I do not run like one running aimlessly. Sometimes when you look at any believers, and some of the things they talk about, and some of the things they do in there, you can tell they are running aimlessly. You can tell. You can tell they are running aimlessly. But I do not run like someone running aimlessly. And that's the question you should ask yourself. Am I running aimlessly? Do I even know the definite purpose for my faith? Am I running to obtain the prize? Do I even know the prize that is laid out for me that I'm running to obtain? Hallelujah. He says, I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. You know, when you're in a boxing match, there are some people, they, just, they are just throwing blows like that, but they are not hitting their opponent. They are just throwing, they are just throwing blows. There's no target. You are wasting a lot of energy. You are doing things in the air. Hallelujah. But you see, in the kingdom of God, you really want to obtain the prize. You don't have to do things anyhow. You have to do things on purpose. Amen and amen. So Paul says, no, a blow to my body. So what are you fighting as a boxer? Paul likens your fight to a boxer. Are you actually fighting your body. Hallelujah. Amen. Paul says, no, I strike a blow to what? My Body. Paul did not say I strike a blow to demons, evil spirits, my grandmother in the village, my auntie somewhere. No, Paul said I strike a blow. Your fight is with your body. The Bible says that as strangers in this world, abstain from worldly lust that fight against your soul. Your fight is against your body because your body wants you to be 
carnal, but the Holy Spirit of God in you stirring up your spirit onto spirituality. But your body wants you to be the body wants you to eat every day. The body wants you to sleep. The body does not want you to do anything that will put pressure on it. It wants to be comfortable. The body wants to enjoy every kind of pleasure there is in this world. But you must say to the body, hey, buddy, I'm in control and you are not in control of me. Hallelujah. Amen. There are two kinds of Christians. The carnal Christian and the spiritual Christian. Paul says, I could not speak to you as unto spiritual, but as unto, as unto carnal. Why? Because carnal Christians, they are Christians, but they are carnal, meaning that they are controlled by their senses. They love comfort too much. They love comfort. They have no discipline and self-control in their life. So whatever, whatever the body wants, that's what they give in to. Hallelujah. But you must discipline yourself. Amen and amen. You must bring your body under subjection. Your fight, I'm telling you, is not. Demons have been conquered by Christ. Your fight is against your body. Paul says, I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike my body. The strike point for your fight is your body. Beat your body down. Amen and amen. Your body wants to lead you into error. Your body wants to lead you into sin. Beat your body down. That is where the real fight is. That's why Paul said, I fought a good fight. What was that fight? It was against his body. It was against his body. You think Paul was excited when he was being stoned? When they gave him 39 lashes, his body was telling him, Paul, in fact, the next time you put me through this, I will not, I will, I will, I'm not going to take it easy with you. What do you mean you are going to continue to preach the gospel? Look at the kind of lashes I'm receiving. In fact, forsake this gospel thing and go and find somewhere to sleep. And Paul said to the body, body, I'm in control. We'll take more lashes for Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. My discipline is... Amen and amen. He says, no, I strike a blow to my body. Say, generation, let's strike a blow to our body. Hallelujah. Let's strike a blow to our body. Let's strike a blow to our body. Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus wants to pray. He prayed for one hour. He came back. The disciples were asleep. He said, could you not watch me be for one hour? He said, the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. As for this body, the body is very dangerous. The moment you really want to pray, that is when the body will start falling asleep. But you were watching that Nigerian movie. The body was wide awake. <laughs> the body was wide awake. Enjoying every part of it. Three hours, you were there enjoying every part of it. When you were watching that series, what are the series they watch now? Empire. You, you, you missed season 3 and season 4. You collected everything that night. You watched it all, season 3 and 4. And afterwards, you had a, you had two hour discussion with your friend on empire. And the body was alive. But to pray, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, you are tired, you are going to sleep. You see how the body is wicked? You see the wickedness of the body? The wickedness of the body. And you must be in control of the body. So
So Paul said, I strike a blow to my body. I want to, I want to emphasize this part. Faith generation, let's strike a blow to our body. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. Actually, for you to be an effective, the effective Christian is the one who has, who has taken a blow to his body. Who is always striking his body? And this is what Paul says, and make it my slave. So the question is, is your body your slave or you are a slave to your body? A lot of believers are slaves to their bodies. What their body wants is what they do. Say, oh, pastor, I, I can't help it. You know, I just can't help it. I, no, 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 no. If, by the time somebody is saying that he's a slave to his body. But you must subject the body as your slave. You are in control of it. Hallelujah. Amen. And it comes by, listen, it, it doesn't come by all of a sudden your, the body is your slave. No. It comes by constant practice. Remember, when you go to the gym the first day, by the time you come back, your entire body will be so sore, your body will tell you, don't go to the gym again. And a lot of people will not go again. Yes. But you must keep going, you must keep going, you must keep going, you must keep going. You must keep going. You keep going until you, you subdue your body. I'm telling you, there's a place in, your, in, 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 in the realm of the spirit where you get to where your body, your body is dead. Your body is as good as dead. I'm telling you, you can come to that level in the realm of the spirit where your body is as good as dead. Your body is as good as dead. You've crucified your body to the point where it is as good as dead. Hallelujah. But it comes like constant practice. Disciplines of fasting. Paul says, in fastings often, often. They must say in fasting sometimes. He says, in fastings often. Often. Let that be the description of your fasting. In fastings, faith generation, often. Hallelujah. When I say in fastings, you say often. In fastings, often. 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 often, often. That is why we fast every three days, first three days of the of the of the month. Hallelujah. In fasting, often, often. Hallelujah. The Bible says that pray without season. Don't cease pray. Stay in the word. Paul said, "I commend you to God and to the word of His grace." That's what He commanded us to, to the word of His grace, the word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at it. So that after I preach to others, I myself may not be disqualified for the prize. I myself may not be disqualified for the prize. So whether we are running to obtain, amen and amen. What is amen. the definite purpose of this race? What is the definite purpose of this race? Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter number 3. And we are going to read from 11. Philippians chapter number 3. I love this one. Look at look at Philippians chapter number three. Where do I even begin from here? So loaded. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now look at from verse ten. Look at verse ten. He says. Paul says, listen to what, this is what Paul says. Paul says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow 
attaining to the resurrection from the dead. And he says, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took a hold of me. Brethren, I tell you, there is a reason Christ took a hold of you. Paul says, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took a hold of me. Christ Jesus has taken a hold of you for a reason, and you must take hold of that particular thing for which Christ took a hold of you. You have been apprehended to apprehend. Hallelujah. When the Bible says, I press on towards the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus, it is not talking about chasing your career or chasing your... You know a lot of people use that scripture for their own personal gain. But that scripture is, 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 is a sacred scripture that talks about, uh, you know, deeper things, eternal realities than what, what we normally try to use it for. He says, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took a hold of me. But you've been apprehended by Christ for a reason. Hallelujah. And the reason is that you may attain unto his resurrection from the dead. Oh, that is the end good. That is the end glory. That you may attain unto his resurrection from the dead. That means that you will be in his likeness like he rose from the dead. When he rose from the dead, he was the perfect one. And that is why Christ took a hold of you. That you may attain unto his perfection. Unto his perfection. So the Bible says that he gave some apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists. For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry until we all come to the full of the stature of the measure of Christ. That is perfection. You've been apprehended by Christ unto perfection. The purpose, the definite purpose of your faith is to attain unto that perfection in Christ. Hallelujah. Or attain unto that perfection in Christ. So Paul says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Other version says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. Hallelujah. Listen, you press on towards the mark for the prize of the high calling. You press on towards the mark, meaning that to get the prize of the high calling, you must get, you must pass a certain mark. It's almost like an in exam. To get the first prize, you must get 100%. So you are striving towards that mark so that you may win that prize. Hallelujah. There is a mark. What is that mark? It is the perfection in Christ. Hallelujah. Attaining unto his resurrection, his likeness in resurrection. And when you attain unto that mark, you receive the prize. The prize for which God has called you heaven. The call that you have as a believer is a what calling? It is a high calling. When the Bible says a high calling, it means that it is a heavy work calling. It is a call that sets your sights on heaven above. You are, you are, that's what the Bible says concerning Abraham, that he looked for a city whose builder and maker was God. 
The Bible says that if he had considered the country from which he had came, he would have had an opportunity to go back. But Abraham sought a city whose builder and maker was God. Therefore, God was not ashamed to be called God. They are believers now. God is ashamed to be called their God. God is ashamed to be called their father. Some of us who are married soon will have kids and you learn this. Sometimes your children behave in, certain, in ways that make you ashamed to be called their father. There are certain people, their parents have disowned them because they are ashamed to be called their father. Why? Because they are not acting like them. They are not listening to instruction. They are not behaving. They do not take after their character. Rather, they are living anyhow. Hallelujah. And sometimes God is ashamed to be called our God. Why? Because we set our sight on the country from which we have been taken out of. We don't set our sight heavyward. The calling is a heavyward calling. It's a calling that is supposed to set our sight heavyward like Abraham. But we are so mindful of the country for which we came. So some of us are given the opportunity to go back. Some are turning back from the faith. Some are going back into the world. Some are still enjoying the things of the world. Some are giving into the last of the world. But God is saying that this calling, this high calling, is a heavenward calling. Hallelujah. Forget those things that are behind. It's not about how strong you were six years ago, five years ago. The wonderful things you used to do at that time. No. You see, the Christian faith is not about how you begin it. It's about how you end. Sometimes I read about many in the Bible who began well but ended bad. Badly. Look at Solomon. The Lord God himself visited him in heaven. He said to God, give me wisdom that I may lead your people. At that time, Solomon's heart was right with God. But what was the end of Solomon? The Bible says that Solomon loved many foreign women. The women that God had commanded the children of Israel not to intermarry. Solomon married every kind of woman under the sun. Solomon, he married. That is why Solomon became a philosopher and wrote the book of Ecclesiastes and wrote the book of Proverbs. Many women in your life will make you a philosopher. I'm telling you. <laughs> women, they have a way of making men philosophers. You realize every time you are putting forth sayings and quotes, you are, you are always putting forth sayings, you are putting forth Proverbs and all those things. It's because of women. Solomon, how many wives? Is it 900 wives and 300 concubines or 600 wives and 300 concubines? He married, he married every kind of woman. And all these women, he had children with them. He even married the Egyptian pharaoh's daughter. And each of these women, when he married them, they brought their own god. In the end, Solomon died in the temple, the temple of another god. He turned his heart away from the father, the god of his fathers. Because all these women, when they are going to worship their god, Solomon has to please them. And he will go with them into their temples. Solomon! The one whom God loved. Hi! Imagine Solomon. Solomon of all people, in the temple of another god, bowing down to another god. Hey, Solomon. What had happened to Solomon? Brethren, the race is not about how you begin. 
That is why you must maintain a discipline that will make you finish well. Hallelujah. Amen. Forget the things that are behind. It's not about your victories in the past. It don't count. What matters is today and tomorrow. How are you going to finish it? For some of us, there are great temptations ahead of us. There are great trials and tribulations ahead of us. The question is, will you endure them? Mm-hmm. Or you let them sweep you out of the faith? Oh yes, be ahead of us. Great temptations and tribulations and trials ahead of us. I'm not a prophet of doom, but I'm just telling you the realities of the faith. They are ahead of you. You can't escape them. They will come your way. Great, sometimes great sufferings Fifth generation, we love sufferings. Hallelujah. Amen. I didn't get an amen. I think the amen was de- delayed in coming. I said, fifth generation, we love sufferings. Amen. Amen. Because sufferings are the way of preparing us and making us ready, you know, to attain unto the resurrection of Christ from the grave. Hallelujah. Solomon. Amen. Something, 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 something. The Bible says that when something was born, no blade was supposed to touch his hair. And his hair was locked into seven locks. Do you know what those seven locks represent? They represent the seven spirits of God. Mm-hmm. Something was in the Old Testament in whom the seven spirits of God, the totality of God's spirit was supposed to dwell on. In the end, only one spirit was at work in Samson. That was the spirit of might. Because Samson would simply not listen to instructions. Each of the seven locks represented one of the spirits of God. But in the end, only one spirit was at work in Samson, the spirit of might. Because Samson was following other women. Hallelujah. Something died with his enemies. But then there are people who began well in the Bible. The Bible says these things have been written for our learning. So it's not about how good you begin. You, you begin. When back in the day I used to do evangelism and I used to do this, I used to do it's past, it's gone. What about today? I used to do it. The people boasted about their first love. Jesus said, you've left your first love long time ago. Go back to it. Hallelujah. You've left it long. Stop boasting about it. You've left it long time ago. The way you used to pray, you are not praying that way again. Oh my goodness. And I know I'm talking to my own self. Brethren, it's not enough. We need a certain daily discipline in order to finish this race well and obtain the price of the high calling in Christ Jesus. That is the definite aim of our faith. So every morning you wake up in that mind, there's a price to obtain. I want to attain unto the perfection in Christ. What must I do? I must discipline myself in prayer. Discipline myself in the word of God. Discipline myself in fasting. Hallelujah. Discipline myself with fellowshipping with the brethren. It's a discipline, fellowshipping with the brethren. You know some believers don't like fellowshipping with the brethren. When I say fellowshipping with them, I don't mean going to church. But I mean fellowshipping with the brethren. That's what I'm talking about. Believers, some believers don't like that. They want to be alone. Below, you can never be a lone ranger in the faith. You will die. Hallelujah. When you take a coat of the pot, no matter how on fire that coal is, when you leave it by itself, 
very soon it will die. You have to keep it with the other coal so that the fire, it will keep its fire. As a believer, if you are alone, you will die. You need a family. Hallelujah. No matter how bad the family. A lot of people say, oh, no, the Christian, Christians are, are hypocrites. I'm not going to go to church again. Have you heard people say that thing? Christians are hypocrites. I wonder what they are. Else. I wonder what they are themselves. Christians are hypocrites, so I'm not going to go to church again. Or somebody offended me, so I'm not going to go to church. Let me tell you something about offense. Be very careful that you are not taken out of your place because of offense. A lot of people are losing their place because of offense. Or somebody offended me in the church. Somebody offended me in the fellowship. I'm not even going there again. You are losing your place. You don't know. Offense is making you lose your place. Think about it. When you went to high school and you went to college, how many people offended you? Think about it. That senior in high school was always bullying you. Yet still you stayed in that high school and finished and obtained your diploma. You did not say, oh, I'm leaving this high school because, you know, too many people are offending me. You stayed there and finished at your job. Look at how people have been talking to you anyhow. Yet you are still there. Why? Because you want your prize, which is your monthly sal salary. Hallelujah. Amen. Yet to the church. And people of us, oh, I'm not coming to the church again. Hmm. There's something and the pastor said, oh, I'm not coming to the church again. What do you expect him to do? Comfort you when he's supposed to rebuke you? Oh, faith generation, Pastor Sam, I will rebuke you. I will encourage you. I will instruct you. Hallelujah. I will reprove because that is my assignment. If I don't do that, I'll be held accountable. I will encourage you. I will teach you. I will instruct you. I will rebuke you and I will reprove you. The man that hates rebuke hates his own. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Oh, I, I can never be in a church that I'm older than the pastor. Have you heard people say that before? Mm -hmm. I can never be in a church that I'm the pastor. Really? How old is your boss at work that you are there? You see how people are not when it comes to the things of God? Oh, don't let offense move you from your place. Kondimazalamangushepe. Mm -hmm. Be determined that you will discipline yourself. You will discipline yourself. If you are in a place where you know you are not growing, they don't encourage you to discipline yourself. You have to leave that place. Hallelujah. But there is a price of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Brethren, we are not running for just running sake. We don't gather as fake generation because we want to gather for gathering sake. No, 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 no. There is a definite purpose. We are staring our hearts. We are sparing each other on to obtain the price of the high calling in Christ Jesus. We are staring our heart to set it heavenward. Hallelujah. Looking for that city whose builder and maker is God. That is the reason we gather. That is the reason we share the word of God. We are striking blows to our bodies. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes. Yes. 
Sometimes the medicine that will come, you must drink. It's so bitter, but you must drink it. Because it's good for you. Sometimes the message that Elder Oswald will preach, the message is bitter, but you must, you must drink it. You must take it. Hallelujah. Amen, amen and amen. So, brethren, we run to a pain. Hallelujah. Amen. I press someone towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. <laughs> Attaining unto there is his likeness in the resurrection. Mm. You are pressing on. I said you are going to press on in the name of King Jesus. You will, you will, you will. As a matter of truth, you must. <laughs> you can grow tired. And grow very. <laughs> the Bible says that even the youth and the young ones shall faint, but they that wait on the Lord shall do what? Renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall walk and not be weary. They shall run, not what faint. Hallelujah. Amen. I pray that if you are growing weary, may the Holy Ghost refresh you tonight in the name of Jesus. May the Holy Ghost revive you tonight. Jesus, if you are running, if you are growing weary, may He revive you. May He refresh you. May He cause you to get back on your feet again in the name of King Jesus. Coming to you right now. Let me tell you something. As you are hearing the word of God right now, the word of God is causing you to make certain decisions in your life. Right now, as you are preaching, I know you are making a certain decision in your mind. You say you are listening to the way you say, "Okay, you are making it." Okay, now I'm going to pray this number of times. I'm going to do this. I'm going after the message. Make sure you follow through with those decisions you are making. Now. They are holy decisions that are making. You see, you are making those decisions under the atmosphere or influence of the Holy Spirit in the Word. Don't let those decisions fade away without you carrying them through. I know you are making those decisions right now. As you are hearing the word, follow those decisions. May the Holy Ghost grant you strength to follow them through. Amen. As God, may you be able to do it. Shake yourself once again. Hallelujah. Get back on track. Amen. You are you are running and you are sitting there, we'll carry you and we'll go. You must keep running. You must keep moving. You must keep pressing on. I press. You know why he says, I press? You know, when you are pressing something, it means that there's a little bit of resistance. You are pressing, you must keep pressing. The resistance is there, but keep pressing. Hallelujah. We are pressing on. Pushing on. Hallelujah. Because there is a prize to obtain. There is a prize to there's a prize to obtain. Brethren, there's a prize to obtain. Jesus. There's a prize to obtain. And the only way the only way we can obtain that prize is when we are able to make that mark. What is that mark? The perfection in Christ. His likeness in resurrection. That is the mark. 
Allow the Holy Ghost through the Word of God to perfect you. Through the disciplines of prayer, through the disciplines of fasting, through the disciplines of abiding in the Word of God and fellowshipping with other believers to, to perfect you in Him. And as He perfects you in Him, He perfects Christ in you. Hallelujah. That is, He perfects he perfects the holiness of God in you. He perfects the love of God in you. That's what he does. He's perfecting Christ in you and perfecting you in him. That's what is happening. It's all by the Holy Ghost. Amen and amen. amen. Not by your own by your own might. You can't do it by yourself. That's why he left you in the care of the Spirit of the Lord. Who would accomplish all these things as you yield yourself unto Him? Amen. The Holy Ghost is your trainer. When the Holy Ghost wakes you up, you wake up. When He says run, you run. Let's go to the gym. You follow Him. You don't argue with your trainer. Hallelujah. You don't argue with your trainer. He's your trainer. You don't say, hey, Charlie, this one is too hard. He's telling you to bench 2020 and you're saying, can I do 10 for now? No. You push through. And sometimes I look at people who have lost weight. The determination with which they lost that weight. Somebody's like 200, you know, 200 pounds. You lose weight to like 100 pounds. Say, hey, people are determined. They go to the gym, dedicate themselves in the gym till they lose that weight. If people would dedicate themselves that way in the realm of the spirit, I wonder what kind of people, what kind of Christians they'll be. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Brethren, we are running to Hallelujah. I'm bringing my sister so close. We are running to You want to lift up your voice and begin to pray. Father, thank you for this word. That's what you're telling me. Father, thank you for this word. And you begin to pray. You begin to pray. You can pray and yield yourself to the Spirit of God, your trainer, in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. In the name.